Okay, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott. And also uh, a special guest joining us this week is Jeff Holmes. He's a well-known author of many Rangers books and he's just brought out another one this week. We'll get more on that later. Uh, but first of all, Jeff, I was actually thinking this morning, you know, when a footballer brings out an autobiography and it's serialised in a newspaper, they always kick over the most controversial chapter just to get a wee bit of publicity. So so well done in your article for the Record Sport Online yesterday, which has certainly caused a bit of a stir. Um, that'll ensure your book is plenty of publicity today. But for, but for those of you who haven't read it, it's certainly worth a read, Um I'll just summarise it just for the purpose of the podcast. But basically, it was on the subject of the apparent disconnect between Rangers fans and the Scotland national team. And Jeff is of an age when Rangers fans made up a sizable chunk of the Tartan Army. However, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore with many turning their back on the Scotland team. Obviously, we're building up now to the first major tournament in 23 years for the Scottish national team. But... in Jeff's article, it, it, it points to sort of three, it's, it's been a gradual thing, but it's, Jeff's article points to sort of three main reasons. Duncan Ferguson's SFA ban, which by his own admission says that's why he stopped playing for Scotland, for his headbutt on uh, John McStay of Wraith Rovers. There was also the feeling that the SFA didn't do more to help the club when they were sent to the bottom tier back in 2012. And I know you should never mix sport and politics, but the referendum in 2014 seems to have caused a kind of further split. First of all, Jeff, uh, good morning to you. I mean, I mean, how have you found the reaction on social media to, to the article? I was looking yesterday at some comments and on message boards. How have you found it's gone down? Oh, sorry, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, my, my son-in-law, my son-in-law, who's a Celtic fan, uh, messaged me last night and said, he said, have you seen the article yet? And I said, no, I haven't had the chance because I've been busy doing the book launch and stuff. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, he says you get slightly more comments than the Charlie Nicholas article. He says, I think he get 14 and you get 587. <laughs> so I was like, oh. I was like, okay, what's Charlie been saying? Because Charlie and I went to rival schools and Mary Hill at the same time. So, but, uh, so I kind of trumped him there a wee bit. But uh-huh. I, listen, that's just, that's just the way things seem to be now. You, you can't really give an honest opinion without being hammered. You know, and and people just want to come on, and I don't I don't know if there's been any positive comments, but I'd imagine most of them have been anti me or anti my views or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, you say hammered, um, Jeff, but I mean that's I, I I don't think you have been hammered. I must say, when I, when I'm looking at the and we'll read out some, we'll read out because there have been a few people who got in touch. Uh-huh. I have to say, first of all, from what I can see on like message boards, you know. It was very much a sort of 50-50 split. And those who were defending your article were saying this is absolutely nail-on-the-head stuff. Right. Jeff, Jeff sums up exactly how I feel. And I have to be honest as well and say that, you know, I, th- I would say the majority of, of Rangers fans that I know probably feel the exact same way. Now, there might be differing reasons. Mm-hmm. You did a very good summary and sort of covering them all and taking a look. Um, at them all, there may be different reasons, but to me that does sum up, you know, the feelings of a lot of, a lot of uh, fans. So, I mean, for people who didn't read it, Jeff, first of all, 
when we spoke the other day, you told me that you did, you were an, an ardent follower of the Scotland national team. Weren't you going back to the 70s? That's, that's right, yeah. Right. And, and, and many Rangers fans at that time did, yeah? Yep. I mean, I, I know that I know that there was Rangers supporters buses that went to Wembley and stuff like that. I used to go in the train, but there was there was supporters buses used to go down there and, and people can disagree or whatever or, or say it's rubbish, but I remember in my early days of going to see Scotland Scotland fans with the Rangers scarves on, guys with the Rangers scarves on, and hi, yeah. there might have been a few songs that other supporters, of other clubs might not agree with, but that was just that was just the way it was, and if people want to change history, that's fine. But but the whole basis of my article was the fact that I was a passionate, a, first and foremost, a passionate Scot, a passionate Scot, and people can say what they want about that, they can call it what they want. But I'm a passionate Scot, living in a country that I'm, I was born in and really proud of, fiercely, fiercely patriotic, mm-hmm. but. That doesn't mean to say that everybody that's born in Scotland has to support, you know, has to support the national football team. Mm. What I, what I didn't say was, I hope we get beat or I hope we have a bad tournament or anything like that. That's, yeah. I mean, not that. What's happened is I've I've started out life as a really passionate Scotland fan, going to see all the games, mm. running concurrently with that as a real passion for Rangers since I was ten. Mm-hmm. Running supporters buses, running supporters football team, just a, just a just a mad Rangers fan like everybody else. And then in 2012, we hit our lowest ebb. It was probably the most crucial part in our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're looking for a wee bit of help from certain organisations, mm-hmm. they didn't come up with the goods. And then you listen to guys like Sandy Jardin. And Sandy Jardin, you know, he, we know that he was he, he was really angry at the time with the SFA. Mm-hmm. And so was everybody else. And that, that, that kind of sentiment was... was uh, displayed at the Rangers game at that time when the fans used to sing songs about the FA, SFA and stuff. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of, it was around about that time I just sort of fell out of love with the Scotland national team. Mm-hmm. It didn't even matter that they were really, I thought they were really boring to watch. They had a couple of managers that I just didn't connect with. Uh, but, the, but the main reason was the, the SFA's treatment of the Rangers and yeah. the SFA being responsible for the national team. So I fell out of love with the national team and I just haven't fell back in love with them. That's, that's, yeah. That's probably the crux of the the argument here, uh, yeah. is that you know we all fall in and out of love during life and, mm-hmm. and fall in love in and out of love with different women and stuff. And you don't go you, you don't go back to you don't go back to loving them again. You just you just move on, and that's mm-hmm. all I've done is move on. And now my 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 total commitment is for Rangers and for nothing else. And will I watch your Euros? I'll watch your Euros. Probably mm-hmm. some of the games, and I hope that the Rangers players representing different countries do really well. Yeah, yeah. Because when we spoke about this article at the start of the week, Jeff, I did say to you that the Sandy Jarden one for me, I remember at the time you were talking about Sandy Jarden leading that march, of course, the 8,000 fans and all that. I mean, and I remember I remember when he was interviewed at the time and really angry, as you say, and then uh-huh. he, and he threatened to hand back his Hall of Fame award. I mean, I, I don't know if he ever did. I was looking this morning, I found the article at the time, but I don't know if he ever did. Uh-huh. But that, for me, I mean, because as we said the other day, you know, fans can be emotional and they can make decisions on a whim and, uh, you know, I don't like them, I don't like that. You know, Sam, this was a guy who was a legend, you know, played at World Cups, you know, and I thought, God, if he feels like that, if he feels so strongly now that he's going to hand back Scottish national team, you know, or a Hall of Fame award, you know, from the SFA, that just sums it up, you know, how the, the depth of anger. 
Well, you and Scott have probably met Sandy Jarden on a number of occasions yeah. and spoke to him. And, and we all know I've, I've met Sandy Jarden, fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times and had good long chats with him. And I found him just an absolute inspiration. Yeah. And he was, when I started watching Rangers, he was right back for the, I know he'd started as a forward, or a, a kind of forward, but he was right back for, for Rangers in Scotland. And mm -hmm. I was so proud of him and one of my favourite players along with like Colin Steen. And then when I was fortunate enough to meet him, we had great chats and he was just, you know, sometimes they say, don't meet your heroes. Well, he mm -hmm. he didn't disappoint. He was just such a great guy. Yeah. And and as you say, when you look to the depth of feeling that he was displaying uh, in 2012 and beyond, I know that I know that Sandy Jarden was right in the middle of it at Rangers and he was the sort of he was the sort of glue that was holding the club together at that point, as far as I'm concerned. But but I've, I never ever heard any controversy about Sandy Jordan throughout his career and his life and he was just seemed to live right, life the right way and he was passionate about his club and his country. So for him to do, for him to, to make that gesture uh, shows you that something was definitely wrong in the SFA and was there an anti-Rangers agenda? agenda? I don't know because I wasn't party to it but it certainly seems like there might have been. Yeah. Scott, when you, what is your sort of, what is the feeling amongst Rangers fans that you talk to? Are they on, do, do they, does Jeff's summary sound like the majority or, or do you, or do people who you know who support Rangers, are they passionate Scotland fans as well? Um, I think what Jeff says does apply to a lot of Rangers fans I know, uh, which, well, saddens me. Um, but no, he's right. I think no, I think the 2012 in particular, that was that was breaking point for a lot of people and you no know, Rangers fans that I know well and I'm close to. There is that disconnect now between the between themselves and the, the Scottish national team. I mean, listen, I think it will be split. I think, as you say, some of the reaction to the to the article, um, it pretty much is split. There's still a lot of Rangers fans out there who are still passionate Scotland fans, but certainly the ones. The ones that I know, um, and a lot of the ones that, that that I'm close to, they, they do feel, you know, pretty much the way Jeff is is describing, um, and I understand it. <clears throat> um, I totally understand it. Understand why there's that, there's been that anger and that that disconnect. Um, so I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't criticise them for it. If that's the way they feel, then so be it. For me personally, I, I, again, I just think it's it saddens me that. Know a lot of the stuff that's going on, you know, with the SFA, just in my own head. I mean, I, I'm a passionate Scotland fan as well, and I grew up going to Scotland games. <clears throat> I went to I went to the World Cup in Italy, you know, 1990 as a ten year old, and that kind of, um, no, that's kind of never left me, and that's why I always want Scotland to do well. I'm always passionate about it, no matter what, and I think. No, there's lot, there was lots of stuff that I disagreed with, you no, know, that the SFA did towards Rangers in 2012. But I suppose when I was thinking about it last night and this morning, I've never really, you no, know, whatever I think of the SFA, it's never really made me want to go against the team because I don't, the, the kind of correlation doesn't really add up for me in terms of, you no, know, it's whatever the players on the pitch. They've obviously got nothing to do with what's going on upstairs at Hamden. So I suppose, and that might be a simplistic, maybe a kind of naive view, but just in my own head, you no. Know, despite everything that happened to Rangers and despite everything I disagreed with, I've never thought, well, I'm going to kind of take that out on the, the, the Scottish national team. Now, I say that, that's just my personal. Yeah. I don't know whether other people would, would think like that.
Yeah, well, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, um, you know, you know, if the feeling is towards the SFA, you know, can that not be separated? I suppose if we go back to the Duncan Ferguson uh, um, incident, I was actually looking back, and that, I think that's one thing we need to say. And I must admit, Jeff, I wasn't I never really. I wasn't totally aware of this this morning, but he actually after the. After the ban from the SFA, he actually played three more games mm-hmm. for Scotland, which I must admit, it was only when I started looking into it. Well, I just assumed after the ban, that was it. But he played three more games. But the, the point still stands when he, when, he, when he quit the Scottish national team. Um, I was just looking for the, the quote here. Uh, when he quit the national team, it was because of the SFA. It was because of the SFA ban and the way they treated him. So I suppose him back then saying, taking it out on the SFA, that probably linked the two right away, didn't it? I think I think what, what angered a lot of people at the time, Gavin, was the SFA, jumped, I think, jumped the gun. And there was, everybody knew that at that time there was going to be a criminal case. But the SFA decided they were going to punish him before the criminal case. Now, if he'd been found completely innocent, because I thought it was a powder puff challenge at best. I mean, you see it every week in football. People, players, we know as soon as players put their head to another player, but other people have to take take part of the blame for that because they get down far too easily. I mean, Rangers players have done it in the past as well. So it's no criticism of just any other than Rangers. It's, it's everybody across the board. But the SFA jumped in with a 12-match ban before any other... Any any other proceedings have started criminally, uh, and and I don't think well to my knowledge they've never ever handed out that kind of ban to MDLs. So mm-hmm. w- once again, it's, it's a Rangers and, and people will say, oh Rangers get this and they get that, and I, and I know that these things a lot of these things even themselves out, but you can only go in things that happen at the time and how you perceive them, uh, and. And that, so, as far as I'm concerned, with Duncan Ferguson, that's you know I think, I think Duncan Ferguson then went on to play in England for a while and get sent off probably more times than anybody else in the English Premier League. So maybe we're defending the indefensible here. But uh, but Scott Scott makes a great point about Scotland in 2012, and he said he was disgusted by a lot of the stuff that went on by the SFA, but it didn't put him off the national team. And it and it was just, it completely was like I said earlier. It was just a, I just kind of fell away from it, fell out of love with it, and then drifted apart. The last thing I would ever do in my life was wish Scotland ill in, in any match or any competition. I just don't happen to watch them anymore or, or find them particularly interesting. I know they've got a lot of good young players coming through now, and John McGinn, Scott McTominay, and all these boys, and and they'll probably do well. And Steve Clark's one of these kind of dogmatic managers that will get that will get results. But I just don't. I just don't feel the love anymore. But yeah. it's, nothing, it's not to say that I wish them ill, because nothing could yeah. be further from the truth. I must say, Gav, one thing, mm. the one thing about your article that did kind of strike a chord with me, and, and it, although I'm, no, I'm making that separation between the SFA and the team, but when you spoke about Rangers players being booed on Scotland duty, now, that would annoy me as a, as a Rangers fan, and that would put me off. And I do remember there were times... I think it was Ian Black at Easter Road or Lee, Lee yeah. Wallace. Ian Black at Easter Road and uh, Ryan Jack at... Uh, Coming off the at Audrey, yeah. Well, he was playing right back, wasn't he? No, I think he was right... Um, he was right at... Uh, uh, 
that might have been an Aberdeen Rangers thing, though. To be to be fair, of course, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But hang on, Scott. I mean, you say that might be an Aberdeen Rangers thing, but the people who are there that night are supporting Scotland. Yeah, I know. So, so if, they, if, they, if they are Scotland fans, you know. Oh, they should be supporting them then a dark blue yeah, jersey. Yeah, so, you know, it's like it's like Ian Black. I think the Ian Black night, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that game was at Easter Road. Yeah, it was at Easter Road. Oh, I mean, that, that, could, that could have been a hearts thing. I, I don't I don't know. He was playing for Rangers, but I don't I don't know the reasons. But but if even if those fans at Petodre that night are Aberdeen fans, if they're supporting Scotland and they feel that way about Ryan Jack because he is now a Rangers player, then you could understand Rangers fans possibly see more facts. No, that's not. Scotland fans feel about one of our players, you know? Yeah, that, that's poor. I would understand Rangers fans. That's what I was saying. That, that was the one, that was the that was the, the bit of the article which did uh, strike a chord with me because I think that is, that would give Rangers fans cause for saying, you know what, no, I'm going to walk away from us if, if if my club's players can't go on international duty without being booed by, by supporters that are supposed to be behind you know, every player and behind yeah. the country then you know, that, that probably would give me give me reason. Um but as I say, you know, everybody's everybody's different. Yeah. Just right. I mean if you just if you fall away from it and listen, there's loads of times whether it's been poor performances, rubbish managers, yeah. you know, failure to qualify Consistently, no. Of course, you you start feeling yourself drift away slightly. But yeah. as I say, you just for me personally, <sighs> no. Whenever whenever Scotland are playing, it's obviously just a natural thing. You want them to, you want them to do well. Yeah, there'll be different categories here. That there will be, as you have you touched on there. That there for some it will just be indifference. It'll be indifference for some. It'll be more anger, and there'll be more, and then, then there'll be ones who support. I mean. I think it's only fair that we. I think when Jeff's article went up, somebody contacted you quickly, Scott, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Ross, Ross Harris on Twitter at Swag Ross. Uh, any chance of a right of reply to your colleague Jeff Holmes' article? Rangers fans in Scotland, lifelong season ticket holder in the Copeland Road and Scotland supporter, uh, as the vast majority of Rangers fans are. Um, I can't uh, I can't stress strongly enough how much Jeff's opinion and it is simply his opinion does not represent me or or any Rangers supporter I know. Um well that that's that's what Ross said. So thanks for sending that in. I have to say somebody, somebody else replied I seen something else in response to the article and somebody actually posted a a survey that had been done since two thousand and eight in two thousand and eighteen. I don't know if you if you saw it, but I didn't know. It, it was a survey that was done, I don't know whether it was the SFA or Scotland supporters groups or whatever, but the percentage, you no, know, when they did a list of clubs, you no, know, from where the where Scotland supporters come from, mm-hmm. the, the highest percentage was Rangers fans. All right. Um, it was like fifth I think it was like it was like forty odd fifty percent or whatever, and then the other clubs Followed. I think that like Aberdeen was next, or Hearts was right. still, whatever. Um, so that was quite interesting, and it just that, that doesn't surprise me, Scott, at all. Sorry for yeah. it. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me because Rangers have got such a big support. Yeah. You know, Rangers have got such a, a huge support, and I've got I've got I've got loads of pals from from Mary Hill, and I've got loads of pals from Mary Hill still going watch Scotland. One in particular, Stuart McLean, big fully paid up member of the Tartan Army, and him and I have good discussions about this. Right, and he. 
He's told me he's been at matches at Hamden. He says what he's heard. Anti Rangers shouts and stuff. He says, but he'll never ever, never ever, uh, you know, give up on his team because Scotland. He goes abroad. He goes everywhere with his wife to see Scotland. Right. And I've got nothing but admiration for Stuart and his wife because that's that's a big part of their life going and watching Scotland abroad. My young brother Mark is massive, massive Scotland fan. Fully paid up member of the Tartan Army. Goes everywhere, and it's great. But I've just, I just. Don't have love anymore. That's just a personal thing. It's nothing yeah, yeah. to do with Rangers no, or anything no, else. Absolutely. But as I said to you, Jeff, there were people who said, I don't know, I saw lots of people who had reading the article and it was a kind of 50 50. But the ones who agreed, they really strongly agreed and said, that sums up exactly how I feel. Um, now, you did, we did touch on that. The, 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 the referendum in 2014, of course, that comes two years after everything is on with Rangers. But there is this kind of perception that the pro-independence SNP supporters are kind of almost anti-Rangers, aren't they? And anti... Well, you're either in one corner or the other now, aren't you? Yeah, in Scotland, that that's just the way we are now. Horrible, and that almost caused a split. That almost caused a split. with a, a Scotland, you know, yes flag was anti, you know, was anti-Rangers. And uh, Aye, I, I, I agree. I agree. It's, it's again one of these things where, where there was such a frenzy whipped up by the SNP in 2014 ahead of the referendum, where, where, where Alex Salmond and Nicola Sturgeon had all these impassioned speeches, and this is our moment, and it's a once in a generation thing, and we need to do this and we need to do that. And it did polarise the country. People can say it didn't. Maybe they don't feel the same. I feel as if you were either in one camp or the other. You either had the Scotland flag, which was wrong because the, the SNP hijacked the Salter, which is which is all a flag, it's a flag for everybody in Scotland, mm-hmm. or you had a Union Jack, and it's we, we, this country's far more about flags and all that stuff. But after after they lost the referendum, that obviously the independence cause didn't go away. Which again, if you're an independence supporter, that's your that's your reason for being. Then good on you. You know, I, I don't want it, but a lot of people do, and fair play to those that do. But it's it's certainly it's certainly left a stain in this country that doesn't look as if it's going away anytime soon. And as we heard the Ibrooks, and I don't know about other grounds because I don't go to other grounds, but as I heard the Ibrooks, the, the well, a lot of the fans made their, their feelings known round about that time as well, as opposed to the SNP. Mm-hmm. And that's an, that's another thing that's that's kind of that pitted Rangers fans against one another. As you know, you've you've got. Rangers are now such a pro. Well, Rangers have always been a sort of pro-union party, mm-hmm. a, a support. Uh, and you get a lot of guys saying, "Well, I'm a, a support independence and I support Rangers." And listen, as far as I'm concerned, there's room for everyday Ibrooks. I don't. Yeah. And we, I th- slightly veering off that, I was speaking to Sat- Sati Singh, helped me in my latest book, uh, mm-hmm. and he's he's a real he he, he reckons that this Rangers everyone anyone campaign mm-hmm. is now um, absolutely the real deal. So it is time for. To, to sort of welcome everybody at Ibrox and say, look, this is this is this is our stadium, mm-hmm. and we, Rangers do police it very well, and there's there's very few, very very little trouble at Ibrox now, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and that's 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 just going to encourage more more people of all faiths or whatever to come to Rangers, and you should just go to Rangers and watch your team, and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm completely veering away from the actual point in question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff, how will you feel? I'm just curious. I mean, like Scotland game on Monday, uh-huh. the public first game. If you're watching it, no, will you be rooting for Scotland when a, when a Scotland goal goes in? What, what, what will you feel? I mean, there'll just be no feeling there at all. Or no, will, will that kind of old feeling come back where you're excited about them scoring and winning? 
I don't. I just don't bother with international football. I'm not one of these guys that's, that follows England because yeah, of what the SFA did to us in 2012. I don't really follow any international football, but I like the big tournaments, and I'll be watching the tournaments. And and obviously every time Scotland play, I want them to win. You know, there'll be. I'm no. It's no. A, I hate Scotland. I hate. I, I hate the players because of what the SFA did, you know, nine years ago. It's absolutely nothing to do with that. That just made me kind of drift away from the national team and I never really drifted back, you know. So I uh, was when, when Scotland are playing on TV in the Euros, I'll be I'll be wanting to win, of course. Yeah. Scott, on to matters, on the part relating to Scotland. I mean, obviously Nathan Patterson came on and made his debut the other night. Scotland, we've got Czech Republic in that huge opener. Uh, on Monday well obviously John McLaughlin um, is another Rangers player who's in the squad Ryan Jack would have been in there had it not been for his injury Billy Gilmore Rangers fans will have a lot of affection for him he's um, a real clamour for him to start uh, in terms of Patterson um, what do you think in terms of his chances of starting on um, on Monday, obviously against Luxembourg, so much down the left, you know, as we know, that's a big strength. You've got uh, Tierney and Robertson down that side. There wasn't as much down the right, Stephen O'Donnell. Who would you go with, O'Donnell or Patterson against the Czechs? I would start with Patterson, Gav, personally, but I mean, that, that's just, I've always been an advocate of getting the young, getting young players in, you know, if they're good enough, they're old enough. Um, I said on this, pod a few weeks ago um, that no, I felt as if I think it was when Nathan Patterson was touted as a potential young player of the year he was one of the candidates and a few people were questioning that but I thought he showed enough I know he didn't play in a lot of games but he played in big games for Rangers you know, an old firm game Europa League games and I just thought he looked so comfortable at that level that it's it's impossible to ignore them. I mean, it doesn't matter how many games they've played. If you think they're better than than what you've got, then I think you need to throw them in. And for me, Parson is a better bet than Stephen O'Donnell. I think he'll certainly give Scotland more going forward. Um, I think he's more athletic. Um, I've not really seen him properly tested defensively, but I mean, I don't think O'Donnell will be miles ahead of him in that department either. So, I mean, I, I would start passing personally, but I, I don't think Steve Clark will in the opening game. Um, and that's not to say Patterson won't feature at some point in the tournament, but right. I've just got a feeling Steve Clark will, will go away. He's kind of tried and tested and the guys that got him there, he's, he's one of these managers that is very loyal. Um, he knows the guys he can trust. And listen, it's not a slight against Stephen O'Donnell. He's never really let Scotland down he was part of the team in, in Serbia that, that got us there so um, personally as I say I, I would go with Patterson I think he'll give you more I think he'll make us a better team but I've got a feeling that, that Steve Clark will stick with he'll stick with O'Donnell certainly for the opening game Yeah obviously Patterson played his part in uh, winning the, the kind of historic title last season Jeff, and that's what your book your new book is about uh, this is about you've been waiting for do you want to hold up the cover <laughs> don't miss a chance so it's just champagne um, I'm just on your Twitter you know it's called just champagne the four words by Connor Goldson uh, the stories behind the 2020 21 title triumph um, 1699 is that correct? That's right yes uh, and, and this is your how many books have you had Jeff? Oh it has to be I think this is either number 19 or number 20 Is that right? That uh, I'm going to I'm going to stop when I get to 55 that'll, that'll probably <laughs> <laughs> No this is 
I started out life as just a straight book about Rangers winning the league. The publisher mm-hmm. says to me, the publisher, uh, work, publisher works at Brighton, Brighton and Hove Albion as a the comms, head of comms. Yeah. So he knew Conor Goldson quite well. Oh, yeah. And uh, Conor said to him, I'm heading up to Glasgow and if I ever anything I can do for you, let me know. So we had this idea we would we would do uh, Conor, Conor Goldson's diary of a championship season. But you know these kind of you know how long these things take to write. You know, Scott, these books yeah. take to write. And uh, I approached Rangers in January. You know, I know. Listen, I knew there was only going to be one answer, but I had to ask a question. So I had to Ross Wilson if he would allow Conor Goldson to do this book. And I know the title hadn't been won. And I know it would have been folly if the whole thing had collapsed and Conor Goldson was writing this book about the title. But I asked the question and he said, they said no because it was the wrong time. And I completely understood that. So I decided rather than wait, I would just start writing, pick 25 key games on the season. And then I thought, no, that would be, be quite dry, me writing about 25 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody's watched the games and everybody's read reports and everybody's listened, seen all the comments and Rangers Twitter and stuff. So I decided to ask 25 people to do it for me, which is a great way, isn't it, to get a book written? But <laughs> uh, So I approached some ex-players and ex-managers and coaches and Rangers celebrities and Rangers supporters uh, with a story to tell. And at the end of that, I think we ended up about 30. But the interesting thing was... It was just taking. It was just. It was going to be that format, and it was just about all these key games and how how we won the league and stuff. And I would interview them and then write write each chapter up on each person. And then I spoke to John Gilligan, who, as we know, was the one of the three guys that that led the successful two thousand and fifteen EGM and, and the takeover and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said to me that the night before, the night before the the big meet, the big the big uh, EG, EGM at Ibrox, him and Dave King and Paul Murray met at Sati Singh's restaurant in, in Sucky Hall Street in the private room and kind of laid the foundations for the following day. And it was a, a quite important because it was the first time they'd met in a few months face to face. So Dave, Dave King had been over in South Africa. So so that so that kind of made me think that, it, it made me think that perhaps without this 2015 EGM victory, there might not have been a title this season. And then when I spoke to I spoke to Paul Murray and then I spoke to Dave King, that, that message really came across quite strongly. And Dave King Dave King says to me that he says without victory at that EGM, he says Rangers would be a would still be a mid table club. Right? Which I thought which I found really interesting. Uh, John Gilligan says to me that, that that Mike Ashley was waiting in the wings with a five million pound loan and for that he would take Ibrooks and Murray Park and Rangers would have to hire both facilities back off, back off of him. So it's just then that I realised what an important point in our history mm-hmm. that meeting was. And if we had lost, the, the consequences didn't bear thinking about. So I then kind of I used I used stuff I used material from both of these uh, from the three directors at the start of the book and just made the correlation between that EGM victory and this season's league title victory. And that I think that gave the the book a more a more a rounded finish rather than just about this this season in particular. Brilliant. Well, well good luck with it. Um, now, do you want to tell our listeners where they can... You know, your, your Twitter is at JeffH1960. That's um, Do you want to tell listeners then where they would go on and uh, purchase this? Yeah, they can, they, can, they can do it. They can also do it through my website, which is jeffholmes.co.uk. Right, and then they can get in touch with me that way because I've got copies to sell myself, and I got these. 
he's really nice bookmarks made like <laughs> double yeah. double sided with a, a lot of my other books in the back. So that, that's only for people that purchase them through me. But uh, I, I can, I'm, I'm happy to yeah. deal with folk that want to buy the book. It's been going well so far, and I must admit, it's it's outsold anything I've ever ever done. It only came out on Monday, and apparently mm-hmm. it went straight into the Amazon Rangers charts at number one. Really? Uh, and they, they'd listed 100 books with Rangers Connection, and, and mine was number one, even though it was only out. So I was really pleased about that. And the feedback I've had so far has been... We've got, got contributions from guys like Mark Walters and Marco Negri, Alex McLeish... Really? So I wanted to speak to Fraser Aird. I wanted to speak to somebody from the, that started out the journey with Rangers in the early days, 2012, 13, 14, etc. Spoke to young Fraser in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoke to people all over the world. But spoke to, uh, like I said, the girl Lisa Swanson was great. She's the longest serving Rangers women's player. Yeah. Uh, big Rangers fan. Uh, Sati Singh. Sammy King, who wrote Penny Arcade. And then I, I got in touch with uh, the ambassador, the British ambassador to Portugal, Chris Sainte who has been known recently for playing the piano and playing Rangers tunes on the piano because he was he was taking an interest in Rangers because we've played Porto, Braga, Benfica recently yeah. uh, and he's always there to welcome the, the British teams to Portugal. So somebody had asked him to play the Blue Sea of Ibrox on the piano so he did that and then he played Four Lads Had a Dream and oh, he was... He was away. He was fantastic. So I got a, he's a big Liverpool fan, so he's a massive Stephen Gerrard fan. So the books are, you know, the books are kind of, it's a feel-good, feel-good mm-hmm. thing as well. Because I spoke to Derek Johnson and he told me about, mm-hmm. I says to him, you know, you played in the last Rangers team to stop Celtic winning 10 in a row. Yeah. And his take was that it didn't really stop Rangers winning 10 in a row because nobody had ever done it before. Yes, they'd got to nine, but it could have been 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever. But he was, they were just, they were just happy to stop Celtic winning the league. And I spoke to Jock Wallace's grandson, who's now a massive Rangers fan and lives in lives in Spain, oh. studying in Southampton at the moment. But comes up for Rangers games whenever he can. Was invited to the was invited to the, the boardroom by John Gilligan, uh, the director's box. John Gilligan for a Falkirk match he was at a couple of years ago, but insisted in getting in with the Union Bears. So yeah. he was. So it's just that that's just the feel for the book. It's just a it's just a it's a story. It's just a book of stories, really. Yeah. Uh, Great. Well, well, good luck with that, and uh, thanks a lot for your time today. And uh, and to you, Scott. We'll be back um, next week. Don't forget, you can get in touch with any th- with all your thoughts. Uh, you can call, contact Jeff on the aforementioned uh, Twitter handle there, and you can get in touch with Scott on at Scott McDermott Eight. So, thanks very much, guys, for your time today, and all the best. Enjoy the Euros kickoff. My pleasure. Nice to see you guys. Thanks, yes, you too. Thanks, that was great.